0: The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the seventh chapter. Now, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. The gospel of the Lord may come forward and you may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. How are you? Good. Very good. Um, stand up, yes. Who's behind me? That's Mr. McQuaid. <laughs> He's assisting today. This is kind of neat, isn't it? Everybody can assist. So, today we're talking about uh, things that come out of us and how some of them can be good things and some of them can be bad things. But we're going to make a concrete example. How, do, how many of you have siblings? I know you all do. Very good. And how many of you have ever fought with those siblings? Yeah, I think all of us. Very good. What do you guys fight about? Anything in particular? Yeah? Oh, yeah? So you just kind of fight about a lot of different things. Can I tell you what me and my brothers used to fight about? We used to fight about sharing a lot. Yeah, it sounds like there's some similarities here. We had just a few toy tractors. I like toy tractors. We had a few toy tractors growing up. And I would be playing with the tractor, minding my own business, and sometimes it was the other way around. But I would be playing with the tractor, minding my own business. And my brother would want to play with me. And I'd say, no, I'm just playing by myself. And he'd say, I want to play with you. I want to play with you. No, I'm playing by myself. Then he'd grab the tractor, and he'd run off. Now, how do you think I reacted? What did I do? I sad. Yeah, I felt sad. What else did I do? I got up and I ran after him, right? <laughs> and, and before you know it, it started off kind of fun, right? Like, we take the tractor, and before you know it, we're fighting, and Mom comes in, and she yells at us, and we have to break it up, and no one gets to play with the tractor. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Yeah. In today's gospel, we learn that what comes out of us can be harmful. What comes out of us uh, can hurt others. When I take your toy tractor or when I take something of yours, uh, it hurts you, right? It makes you sad. And at the same time, it causes us to fight with one another. But, but, if I would share a little bit more and my brother would uh, be a little more kind and respect my space, we could get along. Because, believe it or not, there's plenty of times when we played together really well, and we played apart really well. So, this week, uh, as you're playing with your friends, because I know you guys are back in school, or at least back with uh, a similar group of friends and all that kind of good stuff, as you're playing with your friends, I want you to think, what can I do To be nice to this other person. What can I do to play well with this other person? So the things that come out of you are good things. Sound good? Sounds simple, I know. But it's hard, and we know that too. (laughs) It'll be alright. A bus? That'll be tomorrow. Buses will be out tomorrow. Oh, a buzz. Gotcha. We'll fix it. All right. can we pray? Let's pray. God, we give you thanks. Because we know that the good things that we're supposed to do, like sharing and like caring for each other, are hard. And you help us to do those things. Be with us this week and help us to share. Be with us this week and help us to be the best people we can be. And let us know that we are loved very, very much by you. In your name we pray. Amen. Very good. Speaking of sharing and not stepping on my robe, we have some snacks. There you go. Very good. See ya. The name of Jesus. Amen. So coincidentally before uh, service this morning uh, I was talking with a few folks about uh, farming stories and today we're going to open kind of with not a story but kind of a farming concept that I think a lot of you are probably going to be familiar with. Um, there's two There's more than two, but there's two predominant schools of thought uh, that I've experienced in my life when it comes to working on machinery. And uh, the first one was taught to me by my dad. And he never really came out and said it, uh, but he always taught me that working on machinery, first, was a necessity, right? You work on the stuff because it breaks inevitably and you have to keep going. But with a healthy appreciation for the dangers involved and a healthy appreciation for what you definitely do not know Working on machines, it's possible and fun. You can have an adventure with it. Now, the adventure is frustrating. Like I know, <laughs> the adventure is very frustrating. When something breaks and you're trying to take off crops, and it's 12:30 at night and you can't see the part let alone, fix the part. It's frustrating. But also in those moments is adventure. Incredible, incredible adventure. I mean, you. I remember being with my dad sitting in the pickup, and we're driving to who knows where, because the only other farmer up at 12:30 at night has this part, and they're willing to loan us that part, you know, as long as we trade him for something. I don't know. And we're driving off, and I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me. he's like, "Isn't this fun?" <laughs> <laughs> now he kind of meant it sarcastically, but kind of, yeah, you never know where you're going to end up in life, when, when all of a sudden you're, you're fixing a machine, you're at 12:30 at night, and it's kind of fun. It's frustrating. It's dangerous, but it can be fun. There's another school of thought when it comes to fixing machines, and this one a lot of people have. I knew a uh, a woman in seminary who told me when her father, uh, when she passed her driver's license test, her father gave her two tools to fix any car and machine that she would ever have to fix. It was a cell phone and a credit card. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> With those two tools, all the world could be fixed. Now, yes, we laugh. And this school of thought takes place in my life, too, because I don't have all the tools, and I don't have all the knowledge, and I do have a healthy appreciation for what I do not know. And so from time to time, uh, I need to use the phone and the credit card to get the things fixed. But in between these two schools of thought, in between the one where uh, working on machines is a healthy adventure, and in between the ones where, well, we'd rather not crack that mystery today, let's let someone else with the knowledge do these things, comes an understanding of how we look at the world, right? With one understanding of the world, uh, machines are possible to fix, and with another understanding of the world, yes, things can be fixed, but probably not by my hands. It's in between these two things uh, that uh, we can often see ourselves as Christians looking at the world. Yes, some things may be changed in this world, and what do you know, our hands are capable of doing it. And yes, some things may be changed in this world, but probably not us. In today's scripture, I think the two things, the two uh, experiences that uh, the gospel is bouncing between is predominantly what's happening inside the crowd inside the people. And it's not just about what things, uh, what defiles someone. It's not just about what's coming out. I think it's about how people see the world. And I think it's about how people touch the world, how people interact with it. The first one is kind of implied. In that, in that first experience, how people see the world, that's what's implied by how the traditions, how uh, the law not traditions, how the laws of God have been transformed into traditions. And so how people see the world, at least how that crowd saw the world, the ones that were very concerned with the defiling of hands, but not necessarily with the well-being of people, they saw the world as if I simply ascribe to these things and never flinch from them, if I wash my hands in this way, if if I act this way in the temple, that's all I have to do. That's it. It's kind of like never uncovering the mystery of a machine. If it's done, it's done. I don't need to think about it. I don't need to touch it. I don't need to do it. But Christ kind of points us to another side of things. It's not enough to simply obey the law. Because the law won't always point you exactly where you need to go. You need to obey the one who created this law. You need to obey the one and ascribe to the one. Follow the one. Who creates these things who creates these good things the reason that Christ was so impactful into our lives as Christians was that all of a sudden we had someone to act like we weren't trying to fit simply into a law we weren't trying to fit simply into a threshold of purity or impurity rather we were trying to be like like Christ like Christ for one another After a worldview comes the opportunity to express that. And that's where that defiling thing comes in. What comes out of you, or what doesn't come out of you, can damage and hurt the world. This is incredible power. All of a sudden, uh, the people uh, that Jesus is talking to have this understanding, or at least the disciples do, that what you do matters. It's not that you're some being in the world like just kind of trying to get by. I'm going to rise, do my work, I'm going to go to sleep, I'm going to repeat the cycle until I die because honestly if I just do what's inside the circle that's all I'm responsible for. Rather, you are your brother's keeper. What happens to you and what happens to your neighbor should be of equal value to you. What happens to you and what happens to your neighbor should be of equal value to you. What comes out of a person? And then Jesus lists a whole list of relationships. Of ways of interacting with one another. What happens to a person, both you and someone else, comes out of you. It's sprung up from you. So what do we do with this? Do we go into a healthy adventure or do we call someone and call the mechanic? As Christians, do we say that it is our hands that will touch everything in this world and we are the ones through whom or through which the world will be changed? Or do we say it can't possibly be our hands? Honestly, do a little bit of both. It is your hands that will change this world and God does work through you whether you realize it or not. And it is our goal as Christians to be very active in that change in the world. This is why we push what we do ministry-wise so hard in this congregation. This is why we're seeking to feed people in John's Meals. This is why we're seeking to be with one another and be with our community in the fiesta. This is why we raise funds every year for an outreach auction. This is why we push ourselves in ministry together and ministry separate to be the best kinds of people, to be the most Christ-like that we can be. Because Christ in the world is something that this world needs desperately. And we are our neighbor's keeper. But also, we have a healthy appreciation for what's beyond our control, what's beyond our ability. Because while there is injustice in this world that we can cure... There are things that we can act in on behalf of the people who are downtrodden. We also can't help the incredibly unfair disease that touches one person and not the other. We also cannot help the incredibly unfair way that death touches one and not the other. We have no way of controlling those things. But in the midst of it, in the midst of it, we are the body and blood of Christ fed and nourished by that blood and then sent out to be Christ in the world, to be Christ's movement to our neighbor and to our friends, to our neighbors and our enemies. We have incredible, incredible responsibility. But, lest that responsibility weighs so heavy on your shoulders that you don't know how to move. Every once in a while, when you're sitting next to your neighbor in a truck at 12.30 in the morning, look at one another and say, isn't this fun? I have no idea where this life of Christ is going to lead you. I have no idea what you're going to be called to do in the next moment, let alone the next day. But... We can have fun with this. Let yourself be swept up in the adventure that it is being a Christian. And I pray that you and I might inspire one another, might laugh with one another, even in the midst of some really frustrating experiences. At least enough to know that things are going to be okay as we are called to be the body of Christ in this world. Amen.